Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Chen, and I'm a partner with Ready & Newman. I'll be conducting the conference today. Um, If you haven't already, there is a link in the chat for you to fill out your question um, on a Google Sheet, and we'll be answering the questions in that order. Um, Shri, can you start our first question? Yeah. Kavita? Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Hi. Uh, Just a quick thing. I've posted my question, but I just wanted to ask you, like, uh, we, um, uh, my perm is approved and I-140 premium processing was done on October 12th and uh, we have received okay. a ref on October 28th. My employer is not telling me what kind of reference it is. So I just wanted to check what is the chances of I-140 approval and how long does it take maximum after the ref? It's very hard to know if the company is not telling you what the government was requesting. Um, did they ask for any personal documents from your side? No, not really. Okay. My guess then is that most likely it is on the ability to pay issue for every I-140. The company is required to provide their financial information to the government to prove that they have the ability to pay the minimum wage set by the DOL for the I-140. So if they didn't ask for anything personally from you, my guess is that it's the finances, um, financial documents. And there isn't I can't really say, you know, what the chances are of success because it will depend on what the company's financials are. But from the time the company submits the response to the government, um, if it's in premium mm-hmm. processing, then USCIS mm-hmm. will have another 15 days from the time they receive the response to make a decision. Okay, okay. And uh, uh, because my uh, uh, my uh, uh, you had requested us to file for B two so that we can wait here. So I have uh, we had already okay. filed and my B two is approved. However, okay. my uh, husband and my daughter's B two is not uh, approved. So if it is in reference, can they stay if if their B two is comes as an it's not affected by the request for evidence. No, but if their B2 is, neg- uh, the result is like negative and they have to go back. So can they If it's denied, then I they do need to leave. If their B2 application oh. is denied for some reason, then they should make plans to leave within a couple of weeks. But if it's oh, pending, if it, it's fine. Okay. Even if it is my reference is still pending, they cannot wait, right? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Thanks. Kaja? Kaja? Rita? Rita? Hello. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Hi. Go ahead. Um, I have a question. So currently I'm in H-1B status. And uh, yesterday, unfortunately, I got laid off by my company. And uh, last week I have applied for change of, I mean, change of status to H-4 along with H-4 EAD. So okay. am I good? Am I in a good position? Yes, you're fine. Um, so 
Um, yeah, sorry about the layoff, but I guess, did you have an idea that it might happen? And is that why you filed the H4 no. and EAD? Okay. Uh, not really. Like, oh, okay. Well, um, either way, the timing wise, it worked out at least um, because as far as your immigration status, at least if the H4 change of status is filed and pending, then your immigration status is fine, even if you know, you stop work immediately with your H-1B company. Um, mm -hmm. Technically right now, well, what's the H-4 and EAD, were they filed concurrently with your spouse's H-1B or were they filed on their own? No, they filed okay. separately. Okay, yeah, then they will probably be pending for a few months at least. Um, mm -hmm. But in the meantime, while the H-4 is in process, Technically, you can still continue working on the H-1B until, you know, your last date of employment with your H-1B employer. So you can continue working with them. Um, um, I mean, I have a question here. So my last day with my employer was yesterday. So okay. I cannot work with any other employer uh, in H-1B, right? No. Uh, not unless they file a transfer application for you. So if your last day has already gone by with your previous employer. Um, if you did want to work with any other employer um, on H-1B, they would need to be willing to file the H-1B transfer application for you. If they file a transfer application within the next 60 days, um, mm -hmm. then it will be considered on time and, you know, within the grace period. In that situation, if you do find an employer and they're going to file the transfer within 60 days, I would recommend that you withdraw the H-4 and EAD unless you want to, actually, you probably could just allow them to to continue process. process. If you are okay with eventually being on H-4 EAD, basically the yeah. thing with filing a transfer while the H-4 and EAD are pending is the transfer will probably get approved first because you can do premium processing for the transfer. Um, mm -hmm. But then if the H-4 and EAD get approved, like, you know, a couple of months later, then that will kind of cancel out the H-1B. It will change your status to H-4. Um, but as long as the EAD is issued, then that will allow you to kind of basically continue working without interruption. But it will basically cancel out the H-1B. Um, so that's mm -hmm. the only thing. If you don't, if you want to stay on H-1B, then you would need to withdraw the H-4 and EAD before they get approved. So if I don't work until then, until I get the H4 change of status to H4 and EAD, is that totally fine? Am I in a good... That's fine too. Yeah, you can uh, right now, because the H4 is already filed, you don't need to be working at all. So Okay. okay. Um, mm -hmm. how, how many days does it take to receive the notice? I mean, I mean receipt. Notice? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you filed um, by mail, I'd say receipt notices are usually taking about two weeks to arrive. Mm -hmm. Okay, another thing. So about, currently I'm in my second trimester and uh, my company uh, my company has laid off abruptly yesterday, which was sh totally shocking to me. And as it being the holiday season and my I being in the second trimester, is there any way that I can get to know about my rights? Um, if you suspect that the termination may have been discrimination due to your pregnancy, you would probably need to consult um, an employment law lawyer in your state. 
because employment mm -hmm. law is kind of state by state. So um, it'll kind of depend locally. So I would recommend maybe consulting with um, with a lawyer local to you uh, about a potential discrimination um, case if there is one. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Sean. Narmada? Narmada? Uh, yes, good afternoon. Hi, go ahead. Hi, hi, Rebecca. Very good afternoon. Uh, so my question is, uh, like, my husband is in a green card EAD, and he resides inside United States, and I reside outside United States. Right now, I'm currently residing outside United States. So in order to bring me back to United States, he needs to get my EAD sorted out, as in the employment authorization, right? He needs to get that sorted out. But right now, I do have a travel visa. I do have a B1, B2 visa. Uh, to get into United States, but my husband is like uh, he he wants me to get an EAD for me. So, what is the possible uh, ways I can get through the process? Like, should I can I get inside the United States with my B uh, travel visa and then get my EAD processed, as in my green card EAD processed, or should I stay outside uh, United States and uh, get? something else like H1 or H4 or something like that and then get the process done? Like what, what exactly do you think uh, is the most practical option? Yeah. So, so you have not filed an I-485 yourself? Uh, not yet. Okay. But your husband filed for one. Do you know how long ago he applied for his I-485? Um, he did everything sorted out by 2022, I guess. 22. Okay. Yeah, he got his, his first uh, EAD got approved at uh, 2022. Okay. Right now he's going through a renewal. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so the EAD is just a work permit. It doesn't give you any status in the U.S. It is not like on the path to a green card and it doesn't allow you to enter the U.S. The EAD is just a work permit. It's a benefit of having the I-485 green card application filed and pending. So I would say if your intention is to ultimately get the green card in the U.S., then you need your main objective needs to be getting into the U.S. in order to file the I-485 application, not applying for an EAD. You can apply for the EAD along with the I-485, but the main thing is you need to come into the U.S. to file the I-485 adjustment of status application as a derivative of your husband's application. Um, in order to come into the U.S., I would not recommend using the B-1, B-2 travel um, visa because that is for a temporary visit. You're not supposed to have the intention to permanently reside in the U.S. when you are coming in as a B-2 visitor. Um, so basically, if you come in and file for the I-485, that will be considered misrepresentation. It could cause the whole application to be denied. Um, prior to using his EAD, was your husband on an H-1B in the U.S.? Uh, yes, he, um, he he was in H-1B, and uh, he's in his way to renew his EAD, of course. Okay. And my is his H-1B already, is his H-1B already expired, his most recent one? Um, his most recent one is expired? What, what do you mean? Like, um, his most um, recent H-1B approval notice, is it already expired? Um, he has submitted for the renewal right now. Uh, it, it is not of the EAD. To... I mean the H one B. 
yeah, H1B is about to expire by next year. He has, uh, he's in his way to, you know, um, um, apply okay, for. So a has he been maintaining H1B status? Is he still working yes. for the H1B employer? Okay. Yes. Then yes. what you need to do is apply for an H4 mm -hmm. visa with the consulate. And then as soon as you get the H-4 visa, come into the U.S. And once you are here in the U.S., you can file the I-485 application. And along with it, you can file the EAD and advanced parole applications. Okay. So there is no other way I can do it with my B and B-1 visa? No, right? I would not recommend using the B-2 visa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So how about the expiration? Can I apply it after the expiration? And is there a timeline for that? No, you need to apply for the H-4 while your husband is actively in H-1B status, in valid H-1B okay. status. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all is my question. Thank you so much. Okay. Sure. Aparna? Um, hi, Rebecca. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah. So my question is that uh, my company has filed me a consular H-1. And I've got that approved and I've also went for stamping in my home country. So usually if it is a consulate visa, my status will be changed after I enter the U.S., right? That's right. Yeah, while you're outside the U.S., you don't have status yet. You might have the visa in your passport, but that is just to allow you to enter the U.S. So, but my HR, uh, like they've run my payroll on H-1B basis when I'm in my home country only. Have you ever been in the U.S. physically in H-1B yes. status? Yes, actually I've come to U.S. on oh. F-1 visa, but after that they have filed me, uh, filed for consular H-1, but not change of status H-1. Okay, and right now you're in India? No, right now I'm in US, but uh, like oh. a couple of months back, I was in India for my H-1B stamping and okay. I was about to, I, I was returning on October uh, 23rd, but uh -huh. uh, we have a bi-weekly payroll. So they have run my payroll on October 12th, where I'm technically still in my home country. So they have run that payroll on H-1B basis and I've got deducted H-1B taxes as well. So how okay. can when I... Did you, when did you enter the U.S. in H-1B status for the first time? On October 23rd, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And your company ran the October 12th pay period payroll, payroll for you as an H-1B? H yes. Okay. I think that's um that's probably okay um they the only difference in the payroll really is just the tax withholding it's not mm -hmm. going to affect your status at all in order to be maintaining status you just have to have been employed with the company during that time at the time that you entered the u.s if you were still validly employed by the company coming in to work according to the terms of the H-1B visa, then there's no problem with your status. It's more of a tax issue that they probably started the tax withholdings a bit earlier than they needed to, um, but it doesn't affect your immigration status. As far as the taxes, they did do the withholding. I don't know the exact procedure for, I mean, it's sounds like it's only a difference of about 10 days. So it just means that you had taxes withheld for about 10 days when you shouldn't have. 
if you do want to try to get that money back, I would say you probably would need to consult with a CPA, an accountant, about how to... Yeah, but what they were saying is that uh, I've received I-797B. So in that, uh, the when I contacted my HR, she was telling me that the start date in the I-797B is written as October 1st. So though you yeah. enter US or not, like we're no. going to run your payroll no, because order. The, because if there's no, the I-797 approval notice on its own does not put you in H-1B status. What puts you in H-1B status is an I-94 for H-1B, which if the application, if it had been approved as a change of status, then the I-94 would have been attached to the approval notice and it would be effective on October 1st. But in your case, because it was submitted as consular processing, your H-1B I-94 was not generated until October 23rd when you entered yeah. the U.S. and you can download the I-94 from the CBP website. So they should have waited until October 23rd when you came back for you to download your I-94 from the CBP website and provide it to them. That is the proper I-9 documentation. So the company is a bit confused about that. Um, so you can kind of clarify that with them, that really you've been in H-1B status since October 23rd and provide them with the I-94 from the CBP website. Yeah, so will I be facing any issue regarding no. this even in future? No, like, it does not affect your status. It's just a okay. tax issue, but it's a minimal tax issue, which if you don't care too much about trying to get that money back for those 10 days, I would say then it's not a problem. Okay, so can I make this right when I'm uh, doing the tax filing the next year? You can mention it to a CPA. I don't know exactly what the tax implications would be. If anything, it's not that there's anything extra that you owe. It's just that the money started being withheld for taxes from you earlier than it should have. So if anything, the government owes you money, but it's going to be a pretty small amount since it was only a 10-day difference, it sounds like. Um, so I, if you want to, you can discuss it with the CPA, but I would, my guess is that it's very minimal and that it, nothing really needs to be done. Okay. It doesn't affect me even when I'm filing no. I-140 or in, in no. a basis. Okay. No, Thank it you. does not. Satya Kala? Hi, Rebecca. Hi. Good afternoon. Uh, this is Satya here. I'm mm -hmm. just, uh. Uh, my spouse got uh, his green card uh, three months back, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we both applied at the same time uh, through the same uh, attorney, through his uh, uh, employer attorney. But mm -hmm. I haven't got my um, green card yet. I got my uh, for, I-48, I mean, AP and EAD, but not the green card. I think in between uh, the date went back after my spouse received his GC, the date went back and then again now it became current now. Is there anything we can do to get it? Uh, is um, do you remember when your I four eight fives were filed? Uh, yeah, it filed. Uh, I think in uh, last uh, this. February, Sorry, February, February, this year, February, I guess. January or okay. February. Okay, so earlier this year. Okay, so it's definitely been pending more than six months. Okay, Um. so in your case, uh, I would say hopefully your approval comes in any 
day now. So it's not that unusual. We have seen a lot of cases where for whatever reason, when the couple applies together, USCIS is supposed to approve both together once the party mm -hmm. date is current. But for whatever mm -hmm. reason, the past few years, we have seen several cases where one spouse green card got approved and the other one was pending for like several more months afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. For the most part, it was not really a problem. USCIS eventually approved the other one for the spouse that was still pending. And it just took some additional time in this case, it was probably because for whatever reason, I don't know why they didn't approve it at the same time, but then when the dates went backwards, they couldn't approve it. But like you said, the dates are current now. Um, like I said, you, one option is to just kind of wait and see, hopefully, um, because the dates just became current, probably, it's been current since October, right? Is when it became current again. Um, mm -hmm. So it may just be taking USCIS some time. It's only been about a month. They may be still going through the cases that are current now as of October and November and are, you know, getting through the process of approving them. So that's one option is just to wait and, you know, hopefully within the next month or so, your I-485 would be approved. Um, another option, which our office has done in some cases, is to file a lawsuit against the government um, for the delay in the I-485 processing. Um, so there is one of the partners in our office, Stephen Brown, has filed cases um, for I-485 delays where the priority date is current and the application has been pending for more than six months. So since your application has been pending, it sounds like at least 10, almost 11 months at this point. It sounds like your application would be a potential candidate for um, litigation. Um, it is kind of up to you if you want to go that route of actually filing a lawsuit to compel USCIS to um, process your application. It does, of course, cost money as far as court and filing fees. Um, but uh, I believe from the ones that Stephen has filed, they have always resulted in action within 60 days or so when the priority date is current, from my understanding. Um, so if you are interested in that, you can consult with Stephen in our office. Um, if you go to our website and the consultation page, um, it has, um, you know, a schedule there where you can make a consultation with Stephen to discuss that. Um, otherwise, my guess is that probably they're just working their way through the, the ones that were backlogged, you know, retrogressed, but just became current in the last month or so. So... Hopefully, there okay. will just be an approval on its own within the next month. Okay. Thank you so much. I mean, only these two are the options I have, right? For the most part, you can um, try putting in an e-request um, if the system allows you to. A lot of times, the e-request system on USCIS, they've redesigned it to where sometimes you have to enter your receipt number or your receipt notice date from your I-485 and if it's according to them still within normal processing time, they won't even let you put in um, an e-request. Um, but you can try that. Um, some people have had some success uh, putting in um, requests for assistance with their local congressperson, um, mm -hmm. your local senator or uh, House of Representatives member. Um, 
that kind of varies. It sounds like, you know, depending on the representative, um, different people have had different um, success rates with that. But each federal congressperson has, you know, a liaison's office where they are supposed to um, take requests for those kinds of assistance with federal agencies like USCIS. So that could be another thing you can try. Okay. As you mentioned, the website, uh, it is like when I try to put the e-request, yes, as you mentioned, yeah. it says, like, yeah, within a normal time. So what is the other option? How do I approach that, ma'am? For your congressperson, you'll have to look up your local um, House of Representatives member or the senator for your state. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So you'll need to look that up for your area, for your constituency. And then when you go to their website, usually they have you know, a section on their website that's called something like um, constituent assistance or liaison assistance, something mm -hmm. like that. And um, you can, they have different ways. Some of them have you fill out a form. Some of them have you like send an email to a specific email. So you'll have to check mm -hmm. the representative's website for that. Sure. Thank you so much. Sure. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, hi, Rebecca. Yeah. Hi, Rebecca. Can you hear hi. me? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Good afternoon. So I have a question. So I got a H-1 approval uh, through uh, consular processing uh, from employer A, and now I have another offer from employer B. So um, can uh, so he's trying to initiate the H-1B transfer as well. So what is the, like the safest route? So whether it's like a COE plus COS or just the COE, and what are the risks involved here? Okay, so um, are you in the U.S. right now yes. working for employer A? Okay. Yeah. So you got the visa stamping with employer A and you came into the U.S. and you were working on H-1B with employer A right now? So I was on OPT earlier and I uh -huh. have my OPT valid till next year. Okay. Okay. So the H-1B was approved as consular processing, but you have not mm -hmm. gone yet for visa stamping. Right. Is that right? Okay. Okay. Um, in that situation, yeah, the... Difficulty is in order for the new employer, employer B, to be able to file a transfer application for you, you have to have been considered counted in the H-1B lottery already. Technically right now, I would say you're not considered counted in the lottery yet, um, even though you have an approval notice, because in order to be counted in the lottery, you have to either be in the U.S. in H-1B status for at least one day, or you have to have gotten the H-1B visa stamp. So... You'll have to do one of those while you're employed with employer A before you're considered cap exempt and then employer B can file a transfer for you. Um, do you happen to know if employer A would be willing to file a change of status application for you? My guess is they probably wouldn't be um, Especially, I don't know if they know that you're planning to change companies. Yeah, so but... I, so a couple of my colleagues had the similar situation. So where I am currently, and they had did the transfer. They did like a COE plus COS, and they didn't face any issue. So I have three of my friends who did the same thing. So they were on OPT, and they got an approval to consular processing, and they didn't activate their H1. And they directly uh, moved to another employer with a I-797A approval. Yeah, I can't speak to those cases, but we have never done a case like that. So, um, I mean, the regulations are pretty clear about what you have to do in order to be considered counted against the cap. 
it's either being in H-1B status in the U.S. or getting the visa stamp. We have, in some cases, seen applications where someone may not have been counted against the cap go through. We have observed that also, where sometimes USCIS has seemingly in error um, approved a application as cap exempt when it was still considered cap subject. Sometimes USCIS has come back and issued a notice of intent to revoke for cases like that where it was mistakenly approved. Um, my recommendation would be for you to activate the H-1B with employer A, either by getting them to file a change of status or getting the visa stamp yourself before doing the transfer with employer B. Oh, okay. Okay, I got it. Thank you very much. Sure. Ravi Reddy. Hi, Rebecca. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, mm -hmm. So my question is, I received my uh, H-1B in 2018 and 2024 October would be my cap for six years. Mm -hmm. So I have filed for my perm and probably get my uh, I-140 approved uh, probably in the next two to three months. Uh, okay. So uh, my question is, I am planning on moving to U.S., I'm oh, sorry, Canada um, uh, after I get my I-140 approved. So will I be able to uh, move back to U.S. using my uh, H-1B, you know, considering I only have a few months left on my six-year cap for H-1B and, uh, uh, you know, uh, later, uh, anytime in the future, will I be able to move back uh, using my H-1B and I-140 and does it have to be with the same employer or any, any other employer can sponsor? It can be any other employer and it can be at any time in the future. So if you move to Canada, if you move to your home country for years, um, then yeah, at any time, because you've already been in H-1B status, you're considered counted in the cap. So once you're counted in the cap once, you are always considered counted. And then now with the I-140 approval, that will allow you to kind of extend it indefinitely as long as your priority date is not current according to the visa bulletin. Um, okay. Yeah, so at any point in the future, you can um, have a, the same company or a completely different company file an H-1B application for you um, and you would be able to come back to the U.S. using that. I mean, depending on how long it's been, you will probably need to get a new visa stamp from a consulate before you can come back in. But um, yeah, it can be at any time in the future with any other company. Okay, so let's say I have uh, you know a few months left on my H one B I seven nine seven eight approved I seven nine seven eight. Will I be able to use that um, you know, in the later date, or do they still have to file for a, a renewal? My current employer. Um, if you will be coming back potentially to your current employer that has your current approval notice, um, mm -hmm. if I mean the only way that they would be able to avoid filing another application for you is if you're coming back while it's still valid, like, you know, coming back before September 2024 or whenever that end date is. Mm -hmm. um, if it's not, you know, within that time period, if it's sometime in 2026 that you're coming back to the same employer, then that, even if it's the same employer, they still need to file a new H-1B application for you to request a new three-year duration. Okay. And the last question I have was, um, so since I get my I-140 approved uh, with the current employer, so in case if I go with a different employer uh, to move back to US, um, 
and that's fine and they can use mm -hmm. uh, the current i-148 priority date yes yeah mm. um yeah you can have the new permit i-140 started with the new company but then you can port the current priority date to that new application so i still get three years of extension yes mm -hmm. got it yeah that's all i have thank you so much you're welcome um okay so we'll need to close the conference here for today <laughs> Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.